to Maritime AgCast, the podcast dedicated to the farmers and the farm community of the Maritimes. We will discuss all things related to the livestock industry with local, regional and national guests, as well as keep you up to date with current markets and industry events. Atlantic Stockyards Limited has been Atlantic Canada's major livestock market for over 60 years. The stockyards attract buyers regionally as well as extending into central Canada. Livestock auctions occur every Thursday with cattle, sheep, goats, hogs, rabbits and poultry all featured. Additional information such as previous market reports, feeder sale dates and vaccination forms can be found on AtlanticStockyards.com. The pork industry in Nova Scotia is small but mighty with about 600 producers in total. We have about seven to 10 producers that produce 95% of the pigs, uh, but a majority of producers are small scale producers uh, who primarily buy feeder pigs in the spring, uh, raise them through the summer and uh, have them processed in the fall for their own use. So today I will be joined by Heather McLean to discuss uh, a package that Perennia and Pork Nova Scotia put together a few years ago on an introduction to small-scale pig production. So a little bit about Heather. She has a BSc in animal science from the former Nova Scotia Agricultural College and a master's of science in poultry nutrition from the University of Manitoba. Uh, she provides professional advice to farming operations in all aspects of poultry, hog, and fur production. She has a special interest in the production system as a whole and strives to improve production and quality to maximize results for producers. She has over 20 years of experience working directly with the farm community and also grew up on a hog farm in Newfoundland. Heather has been involved with the Nova Scotia Biosecurity Implementation Program and believes that strong biosecurity programs are elemental to the success of our agricultural industries. Heather, thanks for being with us today. Hi, Brad, it's great to be here, thanks. So Heather, feed is a huge factor in uh, the successful production of pigs. It actually represents a fair portion of the overall cost of producing pork and pigs. Can you give us a little high level overview of what considerations we should be looking to make uh, when putting together our feeding program? Yeah, thanks, Brad. Yeah, for sure. Feed is is a very big part of what it costs to uh, to raise a pig and bring it to market. And you're, you're looking at, you know, at least 60 to 75 percent of the cost of raising a pig is going to be in the feed. And so it's really, really important to choose the, the right feed for the stage of growth that the pig is at. So when you bring that feeder pig home, you should be feeding a diet that's specific to the nutrient requirements of the feeder uh, and then switching feed when you get into the, the grower or the finisher stage. It's going to affect you know, how fast that pig can get to market, how much it'll cost, uh, but it can also affect the meat and carcass quality of the animal as well. So feed is made up of a number of different components. Specifically, you'll hear people talk about the protein level of the feeds uh, and the energy. And so those are the, the kind of key components. You're looking at protein for maintenance, growth, and reproduction. And uh, without the right protein levels, it's really hard for the animal to build much muscle, which is really what you're looking for if you've purchased a feeder pig to bring it to market. One of the key ingredients in a commercial feed that is going to contribute to the protein level is going to be the soybean meal. So for energy, uh, pigs also are going to need a, a certain amount of energy for maintenance, growth, you know, and reproduction, although that's typically not what you've got your feeder pig for. And the bulk of that is met by fats and carbohydrates. And some of the most common energy sources that you're going to find in swine feeds or pig feeds are corn, wheat, and barley. Uh, in addition to the energy and the protein components, you're going to always want to make sure that you've got adequate vitamins and minerals in feed as well. 
So one of the things I think a lot of folks may overlook slightly in their feeding program is water and the importance that it plays uh, in the growth of pigs. Can you touch on that a little bit? Uh, yeah, water is kind of what I consider to be the forgotten nutrient when it comes to feeding animals of any sort. It's such an important part of the everyday consumption of the animal. When pigs are born, water is about 80% of their birth weight. Uh, by the time they come to market, it's at about 50%. So it's it's a huge part of what their body is made up to. And they can drink above 10 liters or more water a day, especially when it's hot out. So it's really important to make sure that it's clean water is available all the time and that they've got good, easy access to it. And the quality of the water should be considered as well. So you should never give pigs water that you're not willing to drink yourself. Uh, it should always be potable water and reasonable quality because should always have an idea of what the, the mineral mix and the bacterial levels in your water are so that you've got a good idea that you're giving your pigs water that uh, that's going to be good for them. So let's talk a, a little bit more specifically about what you should be actually feeding your pig. You know, obviously we've seen lots of different feed materials go into to hogs and, and they grow on quite a few things. For somebody, especially that's raising pigs maybe for the first time, what should they really be considering in, in feeding? So pigs can be raised on a really wide variety of feeds, uh, as long as the finished diet is actually going to meet what the nutritional requirements are. So that's that's the first big thing that people should think about is what I'm feeding going to meet the nutritional requirements of the animal for the stage they're at. Pigs are monogastrics, so they're simple stomach just like just like we are, and they eat a really wide variety of foods because they're omnivores. Because um, sometimes we hear, oh, well, I'm going to put my, my pigs out on pasture and they're going to be fine, they'll graze and they'll get what they need. Uh, and while they're going to use some of that pasture and they'll be able to digest it and get some nutrient value out of it, they can't be raised on pasture alone. And so, you know, a lot of the times we see pigs that are raised just on pasture, there's a couple of breeds that are a little better suited to it. But in general, uh, they tend to be undernourished. And so you're going to want to make sure that if you've got your pigs out on pasture, that you're still feeding a complete ration that's specific to the stage they're at. And I think that's one of the very so the most important first things to make sure that's thought about. But as far as, as which diet to feed, there's lots of thoughts on that. You can get a complete diet that comes from your feed store. They'll be formulated to, to fit the nutrient requirements for hogs at various stages. And then some people prefer to, to mix feed on their own. They want to put their own diet together and, uh, you know, they've got some corn, they've got some wheat, some oats and barley, and they want to put it together and feed their pigs in that way. And that's fine as long as they're actually putting it together in a way that's going to meet the pig's requirements. One thing to always consider is that if you've got moldy feed, you shouldn't be feeding that to your pigs. Uh, the mycotoxins that are, are produced by molds can cause a lot of growth problems. Uh, you can see vomiting, diarrhea, and they can even end up dying from it. So that's just one thing to kind of keep in mind is if, if you do have moldy feed, then that's something you shouldn't be feeding to the animals. So for those who aren't maybe as familiar with feeding pigs or, or livestock feeds in general, often the protein in the feed is the most expensive part of the feed component, but it's also probably one of the most important things in the diet. Can you talk a little bit about what some of specific requirements around protein for, for raising pigs and, and how to get that uh, in a cost-effective but adequate manner? So when you bring your feeder pigs home from the feed store, they're going to be requiring roughly about 18% protein. This is what they're going to build their muscles out of. And by the time they get uh, probably over you know, 175 pounds or so, 
they're going to be down to about 14 to 15 percent protein. Uh, so that's that's a good rule of thumb. You know, if, if you kind of step it down as pigs get older, it'll fit their nutrient requirements. Uh, it is really easy to overfeed protein, but because protein is so expensive, uh, that's something that should really be avoided. Overfeeding to a great extent is actually hard on their, their organs because the body has to filter that protein out and metabolize it. So things like soybeans and soybean meal are, are ingredients that are typically added in for to add protein in. We also see people feeding things like peas and legumes because they tend to be a higher vegetable protein as well. In upcoming events, a reminder that the Nova Scotia Cattle Producers Elite Sire Program application deadline is June 30th. Application forms and additional details can be found at nscattle.ca. Please contact the NSCP office with questions at 902-893-7455. Upcoming Atlantic Stockyards feeder dates are July 15th with a feeder and regular sale. Please check atlanticstockyards.com for a full schedule and booking information. The agri-stability enrollment deadline of April 30th has been extended to June 30th, 2021. Additional information can be found at agr.gc.ca. In available programs, there are now many Nova Scotia programs open for the 2021-2022 year. A full list as well as applications and guidelines can be found by visiting novascotia.ca forward slash programs. For those who are currently or are looking to direct market products, please visit perennia.ca for more information on the Accelerated Direct Marketing Program. So we've talked a little bit about what to feed your pigs, and you made reference that they're omnivores, so they're very similar to us, and they'll eat uh, both vegetative and uh, meat materials. You know, what shouldn't we be feeding our pigs, I think, is a very important discussion to have here as well. For sure it is. That's that's definitely something that's important to make sure that people are well aware of, especially if you're new to raising pigs, you may not be aware of some of the uh, some of what you can't feed. So feeding pigs anything that contains a meat or a meat byproduct or anything that's suspected it could contain a meat or meat byproduct isn't permitted in Canada. Uh, and so that's because of the risk of transmission of different diseases. So things like foot and mouth disease, African swine fever, Zoonotic diseases such as trichinellosis, they're all things that can be carried in, in meat products. And so any kind of meat product should never be put down in your, your pig's feeding trough, uh, just because it's you know of that risk of disease transmission. So if you are using your own feed ingredients, um, how would you go about formulating that feed to make sure that it is meeting the nutritional requirements of pigs? Um, that's a good question because it's it's certainly not as straightforward and easy sometimes as it seems. Uh, there are a number of programs or spreadsheets that you could plug everything in and uh, do the calculations through to make sure that they're meeting the nutritional requirements. There is a guide that lays out what the requirements for pigs at different stages are. And so using that as a reference point is always a really good idea uh, to make sure that what you've calculated out and what the pigs are getting actually match so Heather, if you've got access to some feed ingredients, whether you're buying them individually or maybe growing them, you know, what's the best way to actually know what their nutritive value is uh, so that you can formulate that ration the best way you can? That's a great question, because there are lots of charts that tell you what the estimated values you know, for protein and energy and whatnot in the different grains would be. But you never actually know if that's actually what you have in your grain, because every field is going to give a different quality of corn or wheat or barley or whatnot. 
So you can bring a sample into uh, the lab that's at the Department of Agriculture in Truro. And so they can actually run the analysis on your, your feed, your ingredient as to what you want to use so that you know what you're actually putting in your diet. So it, they'll tell you how much protein is in there. They'll tell you how much fat. And from there, you can figure out how to blend it to meet the animal's nutrient requirements. So we're building a pretty good picture here. We've got our pigs. We've got our housing. We've got our feed. How do I know when to feed them, how much to feed them to make sure that they're growing the way I need them to grow? So you're going to feed your pigs every day. And a lot of people will actually feed their pigs twice a day. And I would, I would recommend that you actually do feed them a couple of times a day. How much they're going to eat is dependent on their breed and whether they're male or female. You'll see quite a variance from breed to breed. So some of the more heritage breeds will have a very different feed consumption than some of the others and different growth rate. One thing to think about too is if it's colder out, your pigs are always going to eat a little bit more because they're going to use a little bit more energy to try to keep themselves warm. So you know that your, your pigs are getting a reasonable amount of feed or the right amount of feed for them by looking how they clean up their feed trough. If you're overfeeding your pigs, uh, you're going to notice that they're not cleaning their feed trough out. And, you know, it, it, pigs aren't one to leave a lot of feed behind. So uh, if they have left feed behind, either A, think about what you fed them and whether it's something that maybe isn't palatable to them or has, you know, it's, if there's something wrong with that feed, then they may leave it behind or that you're overfeeding them. You know, overfeeding pigs tends to end up with a fatter pig, which is not something you necessarily want as for in the carcass when you get to the end. On the flip side of that, if they've cleaned their feed up very, very quickly and are constantly looking for more, then you may want to consider adding a little more feed in there. Or also double checking and make sure that it's meeting their nutrient requirements so they're getting enough energy. If you're using a low energy feed, you're going to end up having to feed them a little bit more to meet their energy requirements. How do you balance out, you know, your feeding program versus, especially for some of those pasture pigs that might be rooting around and, and gaining some nutrition somewhere else? Like, do you still use the same principle of, of the amount you feed and how much they clean up and they'll kind of tell you when they're full or, or how do you kind of monitor that, I guess? Yeah, when, when they're out on pasture, sometimes it can be really hard to tell what, how much they're getting from the pasture and from rooting around in the dirt uh, and whether you're actually feeding them enough. And so you, using that, how they've cleaned up the trough, is a really, really good way to, to get a good feel for whether they are getting enough. The other thing to keep an eye on is their body condition. And so if you've got pigs that are gaining well, they're not getting fat, but they're not you know, skin and bones or anything along those lines, uh, then you can be pretty sure that nutritionally they're getting everything that they need. Uh, if you do notice that they're not gaining very fast or if they don't have the the conditioning that they should, you know, you shouldn't be able to see, you know, skin and bones on your pigs. So as long as their conditioning is adequate, then you can be comfortable that they're getting the nutrition that they need. If you notice that they aren't looking like they're well conditioned, uh, then you should consider adding to their diet. So if you're mixing your own diet, make sure that it is actually balanced how you think it is. And again, you can take a sample and send it to the lab the same way you can with your feed ingredients or you look at feeding them a little bit more. And so you can feed a little bit more and see how they clean that up or changing kind of what they're getting so that they you know, make sure that they're healthy and getting everything that they need. Uh, so this seems like it can either be a very simple process or a very complicated process, depending on your experience and your, your comfort level. You know, what's a takeaway message around uh, making sure that you're meeting the nutritional requirements um, and maybe that 
a cheap feed might not always be the best feed and the most expensive feed may not always be the best type of feed either. Yeah, feeding your pigs definitely is, uh, isn't is for the fate of heart. If you're mixing your own feed and you've never had pigs before, it can very quickly get very complicated. And it can be as, like you said, as simple and complicated as you make it. Certainly buying a pre-mixed feed gives you the best guarantee that you're going to get something that's going to meet the nutritional requirements of the animal. And if you're going to go the steps of actually mixing your own, uh, it does take a considerable amount of effort to make sure that you're actually going to feed the animals as best you can and keeping the costs sort of within that range because yeah, you definitely don't want to overfeed them either. Feeding a diet that's not well balanced definitely will cause you complications when it comes to the growth of your animals, uh, the carcass quality of your animal when you do bring it in for slaughter. Heather, we're in the home stretch here. So we've got our pigs, uh, we've raised them up, they're at market weight, we're ready to send them to slaughter. What preparations do we need to do to get them to the actual abattoir as far as you know, handling considerations, you know, when should we be booking them into an abattoir and, and so on? Yeah, that, there's definitely lots to think about that comes right at the tail end of, of when you've got your pigs. And one of the very first things to think about is actually getting them booked into slaughter, like you said. Calling a week before your pigs are ready to, to go to market probably won't get them slaughtered when you're thinking they would because, you know, the slaughterhouses do fill up fairly quickly. And so thinking about that in the early stages when your pig is little and cute, and not ready to eat yet. Yeah, definitely call your, your slaughterhouse and get yourself booked in. But that also brings up that question of, OK, well, you know, roughly at what age am I looking at getting this pig slaughtered? And typically you look at weight, but then there's that question of how long should it take to get to that weight? The rule of thumb typically is, you know, you're looking at six or seven months of age and that animal should be at a slaughter weight. And that weight is somewhere in around that, you know, 200 pounds, 250 pounds. Usually a lot of people will bring their pigs in. That'll vary a little bit depending on somebody's personal preference. You know, somebody might bring a, a hog in the slaughter at 180. They might like them a little bit bigger. Will vary a little bit depending on the breed too. So if you've got a heritage breed, you know, the target slaughter weight on a heritage breed is, is definitely going to be a little bit different depending on the, the carcass quality, how much fat, how much lean meat happens to be in there. When you book your pig in for slaughter, you should also realize that your pig needs to have an identification of some sort. So whether it's a tattoo or whether it's got a tag in it, it's ear. Some of them will be identified before you actually get them. Uh, but you may have pigs that come to you that don't have tags or identification of some sort. And so that's a requirement for the pig to actually go to slaughter is that it's got an identification for traceability reasons. It is always easier to tag a smaller pig or tattoo a smaller pig. So if you're going to be putting an ear tag in there, you do not want to be tagging a 200 pound pig. Yeah. Because yeah, I, <laughs> that's not a pretty <laughs> Yeah, you'll be black and blue by the time you're done potentially. Here's the market report for the weekend of June 18th, 2021, brought to you by Atlantic Stockyards Limited, which has been Atlantic Canada's primary auction mark for more than 60 years. In the local hog market, base price in Nova Scotia was $2.70 per kilogram, up 12.2 cents from last week. In Ontario, base price was up 12 cents from last week to $2.61 per kilogram. In the Quebec market, base price was $2.68 per kilogram, up 13.5 cents from last week. On the cattle side, fed cattle price at Atlantic Beef Products was $2.58 on the rail, an increase of $0.05 cents from the previous week. 
In Ontario, live steers sold for $1.57, moving up five cents from last week. And in Quebec, rail price was $2.65, up five cents from last week. Call Cattle Atlantic Stockyard sold for 88 cents, downward change of 11 cents from last week, while rail price at Atlantic Beef Products was $1.65, up five cents from last week. Calls in Ontario averaged 85 cents, up four cents from the prior week, and 82 cents in Quebec, moving up four cents. Good Bob calves between 90 and 120 pounds at Atlantic Stockyard sold for $170, down $30, while calves in Ontario were down two cents to a price of $1.68 per pound. Calves in Quebec were $1.78, an increase of two cents per pound. Base price for lambs at Northumberland is $15 per kilogram, and mutton sits at $6 per kilogram. 50 to 64 pound lambs at Atlantic Stockyards average $3.33 per pound at 61 pounds, ranging from $3.30 to $3.35. In Ontario, 50 to 64 pound lambs average $3.25 per pound at 58 pounds, ranging from $2.40 to $3.60. For 65 to 79 pound lambs at Atlantic Stockyards, they average $3.36 per pound at 76 pounds, ranging from $3.25 to $3.50. In Ontario, 65 to 79 pound lambs average $3 per pound at 73 pounds, ranging from $2.74 to $3.40. Use at Atlantic Stockyards range from $125 to $260, averaging $213. And in Ontario, use average $1.88 at 148 pounds, ranging from 97 cents to $2.97. Make sure you check the association websites for additional pricing information. Yeah, that's, uh, that's one of my favorite conversations I have with folks uh, here in the office as we do administer pig trace in Nova Scotia is, you know, they'll call when they, they first get these pigs sometimes and they're 30, 35 pounds and they say, should I tag them? And I said, well, would you rather wrestle a 35 pound pig or 240 pound pig uh, and try to put an earring in it? And often they decide to, to tag early on. So, but no, that's, that's a really good point to, to make as well. And we'll be talking about pig trace and traceability on, a, on another episode in the future as well for those who are interested. Is there anything else we should be thinking about uh, before we actually prepare them to, to load, to take off to the abattoir? Uh, there is actually, yeah. Uh, so beyond thinking about the fact that you've got to make sure your pigs are actually do have tags or some sort of identification before they get to the plant. It is recommended that pigs go through a, pa- a fasting period uh, before they go through the anticipated slaughter time. So pigs that, that haven't had a feed withdrawal prior to transport, they tend to be harder to handle. And then they are more likely to suffer from, you know, vomiting or uh, different issues when they are being transported. So it's recommended that they go through a feed withdrawal of 12 to 18 hours before the slaughter time. So that's not 12 to 18 hours before the transport time. Uh, so if you're transporting them for a considerable amount of time, then you, you may actually not withdraw feed from them. But if you're only transporting for a couple of hours, then certainly you're you know, you're looking at what the anticipated slaughter time is. The important part to that as well is that they should have access to water through the entire feed withdrawal period. So don't take the water away. They still need to have access to that to stay hydrated. Take the feed away from them. Don't feed them right before you put them on the trailer to, to track them unless, unless their trekking happens to be for an extended period of time. You know, so now we've got our pig booked. We're ready to take it to market. Uh, let's fire it in the back of the Honda and go. Is that the best way to do it? Uh, you know, what's the proper way to transport a, a market-sized pig to market, either as individuals or, or small groups in, in most cases here for backyard producers? 
so yeah, th there's definitely some some better ways and some worse ways to transport pigs. One of the first things before we even touch on that that I want to just kind of briefly mention as well is when you go to load your pig, there are certain situations where an animal shouldn't actually be transported. Uh, so before you even put it on the truck, make sure that it is fit to be loaded and transported. The hog code of practice defines a fit animal and talks about sort of they've got a, a template as to you know what animal is fit to be loaded and what animal isn't. So if you have questions over whether you should be loading that animal or not, definitely go to the, the code of practice at the ACC site and, and take a look at that. Essentially an unfit animal is one that's unable to stand without assistance or can't be moved without dragging it or carrying it. You know, that's something to consider first before you even put that animal into transport. When you're going to be transporting your animal to slaughter, take in consideration the weather conditions and the duration of the trip that it's going to be making. So if it's colder out, then you need to make sure that they can stay warm enough. But if it's too warm out, you need to make sure that there's enough airflow and that you're not putting too many animals in there. So the duration of transport and stocking density can play a major role in, in how stressed those animals get, whether there's problems with meat quality from it or in a more severe situation that you can actually lose animals if, uh, if those things aren't taken into consideration. So we've talked a little bit earlier, Heather, about, uh, you know, pigs are curious. They like to roam around. They can be smarter than we are sometimes. Um, so what are some really helpful ways to make it a little easier to transport pigs? both for them and again for us, to make it as seamless as possible. It's definitely moving pigs can be a bit of a challenge. Yeah, we think we're pretty stubborn sometimes. I think pigs take the cake when it comes to, uh, to stubbornness when, when we want them to move sometimes. So when you are moving your hogs and you're, you're getting onto a trailer to get them into slaughter, do it very gently uh, and without a lot of loud noises or yelling or anything along those lines. Uh, you never want to use an electric prod and you never want to use dogs to move your pigs. A push board is a really great thing for you to have on hand because it allows you to move the pigs without using your body on theirs. It gives you a, a little more leverage with them. If you can move more than one pig at a time, that's going to work to your advantage because they are very social. They won't move well into a dark area, so make sure that you've got lots of light. Um, you're not going around sharp corners. It's sort of softer bends. Anytime you're too forceful with a pig, it's going to push back. Uh, so that's you're going to have to remember to, to keep your patience, to be very gentle and not get too, too frustrated. And as well, just remember, too, that you're sending this animal in, in for meat. And so getting too forceful and, and frustrated with it, you may end up bruising the animal. And so you're going to end up decreasing the meat quality that's there. They're much easier to move if you give them a chance to, to explore the area first. So if you have a trailer or a hallway that you want them into, it's a lot easier if they've gone and they've explored that area once beforehand or twice beforehand. And so it's a little more familiar to them. The opening into the trailer should be wide enough that they could easily go through. They don't like going from wide spots and narrow spots. So trying to, to work with the natural instinct of the pig and to make it comfortable will make it move much more easily. The other thing to consider is the angle of the ramp that uh, is going into the trailer. So you want a very gentle angle. And also make sure that the sides of the walkway and the trailer don't have any sharp objects protruding and that there's nothing they can poke through and escape. One other thing to think about, too, is to, to have the trailer bedded down with uh, shavings or straw or some other bedding material as well. So it's, it's a, a much more comfortable trip for them and uh, provides them with a little bit more comfort. We've got our pig now. We're at the slaughterhouse or at the abattoir. And 
all along we've been talking about how much this pig has weighed alive or how fast it's grown. From the transition of walking to the transition of hanging, what can we expect as far as live weight versus market weight or hanging weight and you know, really what's the meat yield? So if I've got a 240 pound pig uh, rolling in, what can I expect to be taken home for uh, usable meat? So yeah, there's some interesting terminology there. And if you've never sent a hog to slaughter before, some of it can be uh, a little unfamiliar and a little bit more difficult to interpret. So live weight obviously is the weight of the animal on its hoof. It's the weight that you're putting on the trailer to take to slaughter. The hanging weight or the carcass weight is the weight after it's been dressed. So that's after the guts are removed, the blood is drained, but before it's butchered. And then they'll talk about the cut weight, which is the weight of the final product after it's it's butchered. So this is the carcass weight and it takes out some bone weight, trimming, moisture. Uh, and so basically it's your box of cuts that you're taking home. And sometimes it can be a little bit surprising when you bring that nice big meaty pig into the slaughterhouse and then you bring this box home, people are sometimes surprised at what they thought they'd get for a weight in the box, but you do lose a fair amount in those processes. Your hanging weight or your carcass weight is gonna be 72 to 75% of what your live weight was, you know, assuming the skin is left on. And then the cut weight is somewhere between 75 and 82% of that hanging weight. Uh, and again, this is gonna vary a fair amount depending on the breed. Uh, so this is more for some of your more commercial hogs. So if you've got some of the heritage breeds, uh, your your actual final percentage weight might be a little bit different than that. Usually it's a little bit lower. You know, if you've brought in a weight or a hog that's 200 pounds, you can look at a carcass weight of about 144 pounds. And then from there, really, you're going to be bringing about 108 pounds of meat home. Just as a rough rule of thumb, there's going to be a fair amount of variability around that. But just to give you an idea of what you're going to end up bringing home at the end of it, that's it's going to be in that 100 to 110 pounds. So, Heather, I want to thank you very much for joining us today. As always, I appreciate our conversations that we have related to the, the pork industry and raising pigs here in Nova Scotia. If any of our listeners want to get a hold of you um, or access some of our resources, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, so if, if anybody wants to access what we call the, the baby pig package, uh, it is available at the Pork Nova Scotia website under resources. And if you want to reach out to me directly, uh, my email is hmclean, so H-M-C-L-E-A-N, at perennia, so that's P-E-R-E-N-N-I-A dot C-A. Awesome. Thanks very much. And uh, we look forward to chatting to you again. Thanks, Brad. It was a pleasure to be here. Don't want to miss any future episodes? Subscribe to a Maritime Acast today through Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your other favorite podcast platform. This concludes another episode of Maritime AgCast. We would like to thank our producer, the Agri-Commodity Management Association, Director Ashley, as well as Matt Whitehour and Micah Dahl-Anderson of ArchesAudio.com for providing the music you heard during this episode. Until next time, happy farming and keep feeding the Maritimes. Thank you.